Working on Thomas. Gets around him. Up under and in. Oh, what a move for Kyrie Irving. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome into the Up and Under podcast. I'm your host, Hani. Joining with me, as always, is Zeeshan. Yo. All right, man. We are, what, on Thanksgiving now. Thanksgiving weekend. For the U.S. For the U.S., Americans. I guess happy Thanksgiving for those of y'all Americans listening to this. Uh, but basically, at this point in time, we want to, like, we're starting to enter the dog days of the NBA. We've kind of been touching upon that for the last couple of episodes. But I think one of the biggest factors of an NBA team is how well your bench unit is. And that's something we've seen with the Warriors winning championships the last few years. Strength and numbers. The Raptors winning their championship. Even the Cavs winning their recent championship was because of how much depth they had off the bench. And even even like we can see it right now. We're basing this topic kind of off that too. Uh, as Raptors fans, we're seeing it right now. No Kyle Lowry, no Serge Ibaka, uh, OG in and out, uh, other guys in and out of the lineup. And Pete scoring zero points. <coughs> yeah. You and uh, big fan. and the Raptors are still winning because a huge part is the uh, play of their bench guys, Chris exactly. Boucher, all that, and exactly. we'll get into it. And like the 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 great part of having a saw a deeper bench is that you have that next man up. So even when you have injuries like the Raptors have had, they don't impact you as much. And I think that is something that we a trend we've been seeing more. Like now that we're moving away from the super team era, we're kind of seeing these all these like very deep. Uh, talented teams now kind of showing up and it shows in the standings how everything's going to play. And the one thing is that it really helps um, not necessarily in the playoffs it's all about the stars but it really helps um, getting through the regular season where, where you don't want to be able having to play all your stars all those huge minutes. So it really helps in the regular season to have a great bench that can rest up uh, your starters especially exactly. come playoff time. Exactly. So basically in, in the first part of this episode we're going to be breaking down in our opinion the top five bench units in the NBA so far this season. Now, obviously, we are going to be basing them on stats, but most of these are opinionated because we feel that, yes, bench units are solid on on stat sheets, but then again, like when you're garbage like the Washington Wizards, just chucking out a bunch of threes, like that... that, And playing no defense. That that inflates your stats. So, obviously, we're going off of the personnel and the stats and then kind of blending them together with our opinion. What we see on the court, not just what it says in the stats. Exactly. So I guess, I guess we'll start off with number one. I think the best bench unit in the N- NBA right now is the LA Clippers. Uh, the Clippers obviously have had a lot of depth since last season. Like, we saw how well this team played, but like they're, they're playing really well as a unit. I mean, they're 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 amazing, man. I mean, that's a sick you, bench. They literally have two of the best technically six men. They have the best. Six, like, let six me, and let, seven man, yeah. like they have the best in the league. Like, so their lineup right now off their bench is Lou Will, reigning six man of the year. Three times. Uh, yeah. Montrez Harrell, who arguably can could've win it. it. Arguably, he could have won it last year. could have won it, can win it this year too. Um, Mo Harkless, a guy that was starting in Portland last year. He was mm-hmm. starting for... He, wait, was he starting? Yeah, he was starting for mm-hmm. them. Um, Roddy McGruder, who came off Miami from last year. And he was... he. I think he started a few games for them too. And Jermichael Green, who started when he was in Memphis. Yeah. So their their bench guys are literally all potential starters on other teams. These are solid role players, and I think the stats really reflect that. And I think the the biggest part of the Clippers bench is the one two punch with Lou Will and Harold. Like they are the best. Like the they are the, the number one scoring bench unit in the league. They're averaging fifty two point seven points per game off the bench. The most unstoppable thing is their pick and roll. Lou Will is a great pick and roll passer and Montrez Hill will finish through He's over everyone. Like I, I watched 
some of the Clippers' recent games, and I'm just impressed by how good Harrell has been playing. Like, the amount of energy he plays with, like... Before, he was just an energy guy, and now he's expanded his offensive game. Now he's, you know, finishing with some post moves. He's taking a few jumpers. Yeah, he's hitting mid-rangers. Yeah. It's like, it's... And his, his, his play with Lou Williams, it's, it's just... It's fun to watch. Like, exactly. You know, not to mention, they're also shooting very effectively as well. I mean, 47.4% from the, from, the, from the field. I mean, that's fourth in the league right now. Obviously, that attributes to a lot of the fact that the Clippers bench doesn't shoot a lot of threes. They are only 34.8% from three-point land. But, but, I mean, in general, they are so effective, you know, with the pick and roll, kind of yeah. bringing the ball within, like, in the paint, kind of just ramming it down the opposing team's throat. That and way. as I said, all these guys can potentially be starters on other teams. Yeah, definitely. The most unfair thing, though, is the fact that, like, the amount of talent this team already has, and then off the bench, just give the ball to Lou Will, automatic 20 points. That's give the ball to Montrez Hill around the rim, Automatic finishing. I mean, Lou's averaging twenty. Harold's averaging about eighteen. Like that's it's insane. And they bench. they have the second best uh, plus minus in terms of bench units too. Yeah, they have a three point seven plus minus rating. Yeah, uh, which ranks second. And I know a lot of people like don't really have a lot of uh, belief in plus minus. Like, oh, plus minus is an inflated stat. But in, when it comes to bench units, how effective your bench is. I mean, is is a key. I mean, all these stats, you know, you gotta take it as what it is. Yeah, they're, they're stats. That which is why we're saying we're basing off. Not just stats, but what we see on the court. And what we're seeing is really good. Like, I mean, like the Clippers already have a decent starting five. Like with a Kawhi, de- oh, that's an understatement. It is an understatement, but like their, their starting five is pretty good with Kawhi and Paul George. And, and then, then off the bench, they have like they have this amount of firepower. Like this just make this is the reason why one of the, they're the one of the top teams in the league right like, now. Like this and is what we were saying beside, uh, like you know, before the beginning of the season. Like imagine being an offensive player, and. Like, imagine you can get past Patrick Beverly. Then you have Kawhi Leonard. Then you have Paul George. Then you have Zubac there. Um, and then when you go off to the bench, your bench unit is going to come in. Then they got to they, then they gotta guard Lou Will, Montrez Harrell, exactly. that pick and roll. And then if they don't, if they don't work out, they Jermichael can pick Green, the Mar- Mar- Harkless, like, Ronnie Magruder. Uh, yeah. I think they're really missing, the Clippers bench is just missing a, a big man. Another big off the bench, but they don't. Well, really we can say that him. for their team too. Yeah, like, they, they don't necessarily. Zubac is a good center, no doubt. But like, I think we we all know like they need that one big center. You know, like that one big guy. He doesn't have to start. He doesn't have to play major minutes. But that one guy that you can throw out there against guys like Joel Embiid and stuff. Yeah, because matchups, that's that's like, the one thing that they're missing right now. Those matchups. It's kind of like the Raptors. They have Marcus Gasol and they have Serge Ibaka. So yeah. Kind of so that's that's what we saw with the Raptors them. last year in the playoffs because. They they had um they had JV and Ibaka before and it wasn't it wasn't amazing mm-hmm. right but once we got Marcus Gasol we saw that especially in terms of matchups for uh, against the Sixers where instead of rolling with our normal lineups then we put in Ibaka Pascal at the three uh, Marcus Gasol at the five you know that huge lineup for matchup reasons and it worked amazingly yeah. so you you just need in terms of the playoffs. Uh, you need those matchups, and I think uh, Lawrence Frank will address that. Of course, uh, I think the, uh, the 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 next question about the the Clippers bench is like, how do we think that they're sustainable? Which honestly, I mean, we saw it last year. This taking this year, yeah. this like a lot of these guys last year made the playoffs with no actual star. So again, they did have Tobias Harris last year, who was playing a ball star worthy. But campaign. then after Tobias Harris left, they were still solid. They team. were still we we told, we remember we were all like, "Yo, they're not gonna make the playoffs." They, they made the playoffs. They made the playoffs. Uh, a huge part was Lou Will, and Lou Will is still doing the same thing. Lou so, Will and Harold's even better. Harold's like, better. And then obviously, not to mention like Shamit. 
They still bring him off the bench sometimes. They don't have to necessarily start him. Yeah, so he was technically starting before right um, before his injury. But even he, like, you can put him off the bench. So, so, like, all of these guys, literally all on their team, as I said, all potential starters can all play whatever minutes. Like, there's no, there's no roles, technically, of bench and like role player and stuff because all these guys are all amazing it's super so. interchangeable and i think doc rivers really i think i think he enjoyed having that flexibility that he could throw so many lineup combinations out there so that was that was in our opinion the best bench in the league the second best bench in the league in our opinion is the dallas mavericks believe it or not i mean the mavs have quietly been one of the more fun teams to watch and i think we kind of called it in our predictions we're like i didn't think they would be that good but i said they would be fun so like, i did say that i predicted them as my eighth seed and they're, they're looking good so far yeah. so that prediction you, is looking you got that you that prediction is looking good so far but i mean they're gonna be higher than that i think so maybe i don't know we'll see how where they, where they land at the end of the season but i think the biggest part about it like we knew luca and chris Tass were good but we didn't well, know. Well, Kristaps has been up and down so. Far. I mean, he is coming off of a major That's, injury. Yeah, exactly. That's but I think what we didn't expect to see was how well these like unknown bench guys were going to play together. Like, I mean, it's not even like these guys are unknown. It's just they're quality role players that I think have fit together very well. Like you're talking about, like uh, on the for the bench unit, they have Delon, right, Seth Curry, Dorian Finney-Smith. Since they just put in Tim Hardaway Jr. in the starting lineup, uh, Jalen Brunson, Maxi Kleba, Justin Jackson, Boban, Marjanovic. All these guys have actually meshed together very well. And especially the whole thing about DeLon and Jalen Brunson and Seth Curry. DeLon's been they're, playing the small forward spot sometimes. Their you know? guard rotation is actually really deep. Yeah. Like, you you have not only the ball the ball movement. Like, you have, like, the traditional point guard with Brunson. You have a defensive guy in DeLon, right? Then not to mention you have the shooter in Seth Curry. So, yeah. I like their guard rotation. And then not to mention, I, I'm a big fan of Finney Smith. I think he's a good... He's a good player. Good player. Maxi like, Kleba, he, he makes... Perfect role three. man for... Perfect role. Um, like, Justin Jackson, he's getting better each day, too. He's, he's pretty decent. And then the gold ball by. Uh, yeah. Like, well, what like, else we, we have? can't say anything, bro. Can't say anything, bro. He, he's the gold, bro. Yeah. He's the, Just, most, he's the most efficient player in 15 minutes. Better than Michael Jordan. So... No, I mean, that's that's actually facts. So. He is the He is, he the is technically the most efficient player i think of all time or something like he that. is crazy. something like that so obviously bobot is the go but yeah i mean at the, at the end of the day like the the the, the Mavs, they also like this bench like, you wouldn't think this is a high scoring bench unit i mean they're averaging about 43.2 points per game that's fourth in the league in bench units shooting about 45 percent from the field and 36 percent from deep like those are solid numbers those are all top 10 numbers and uh, they, not to mention they have they own the best plus minus for any bench think, in the NBA, and it's not even close. Like they, they they're beating the Clippers by an entire point. Like they yeah. have four point eight plus minus one point one. They're beating them by one point one. So like, and that's, that's impressive. Yeah, like, that's impressive. Minus. So like, the Mavs have been really good, not just because of their starters and Luca, but especially like you see like Kristaps is struggling obviously off the injury, but then you just throw in a guy like Maxi Kleba, Justin Jackson. Uh, Seth Curry, DeLon, right? I mean, they still got solid starters. I mean, yeah. like Dwight Powell, a good role player. Obviously, Hardaway Jr. in a limited role is, it can be effective. So, I mean, like they have quality players. And then, not to mention Rick Carlisle. I think he's a very underrated coach. I think people are, are sleeping on how. Um, I feel like I feel like I don't think he's underrated. It's just his teams haven't been that great for the past few. Because before before that, we were always talking about Rick Carlisle as a top five coach, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just his teams have not been that great. So I but think people thing. kind of forget. I don't, about like that. you wouldn't you wouldn't look at his roster. I think these guys are world beaters. But like he's getting the most out of this team. And I think that as a coach, that's what you want to see. Like you want to get see if you can get the most out of these. players. I think the biggest thing is that like even though besides Luca and KP, they don't have like amazing players. It's the fact that. 
it's it's a whole team. Yeah, it's like a cohesive players. unit, yeah. which is which is working very well, and I think that's a, one of the reasons why the Mavs are so successful right now. So let's move on to the, in our opinion, the third best bench unit in the NBA right now. Uh, and this is very controversial. I mean, people will say this is controversial, but because the numbers don't really back this up, but we feel that the Toronto Raptors have the third best bench unit in the NBA. Now the Raptors have been plagued with injuries to start the season. Like, I mean, the numbers do kind of back it up, though. I mean, people will look at a couple of the major stats and kind of like... Listen, the Raps are 4th in plus-minus for the bench unit at 2.5. They are 20th in points per game. However, with the combined of people, personnel, the starters, you know, they do score enough points. But the main thing is that they're a good defensive bench unit. And then offensively, even though they don't score as many points from the bench unit, uh, they still do shoot. They're the first... They're first in uh, field goal percentage at literally 50%. And then they're fourth in uh, three-pointers. I think this is the highest the Raptor, a Raptors bench has been in three-point percentage right now. Uh, well, the team is what? Number two? They're, they're definitely, I think they're two. They're definitely high up there. I'm pretty sure they're, I think, second in three-pointers. I mean, either way. I mean, the, the Raptors are the, are, the, are the unit. And, like, again, like with their injuries, like their, their bench unit consists of Norman Powell, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Terrence Davis, Matt Thomas. Serge Ibaka and Chris Boucher, and Ibaka has been injured as well. Yeah, you're talking about, as we said... These are all G League guys, most of them. Yeah, so the Raptors have had Kyle Lowry injured and Serge Ibaka, those are the main two, and then we've had a bunch of injuries on the side too. But yet, this team keeps on winning and keeps on winning. I mean, like, the best example the was the Philly game. I mean, they absolutely dominated the Sixers. Yeah, you're looking, you're looking at a guy like... Um, you're looking at a guy like... Terrence Davis, this is rookie year. Yeah. And no fear at all. Just attacking the basket against players. Shooting, I think he's shooting 46% or 47% from three. Yeah. Oh, just letting you know, like, we were, you were bringing up the Raptors three point. Raptors are the number one team in the NBA in three point percentage. Yeah, so last time I checked, they were two. I guess now they're one. They're number one. Yeah, so, like, you're. The biggest thing is none of these guys have any sort of fear no like nervousness or nothing they come in there and they will try to dominate and they play their roles like like when you look at a guy like hollis jefferson like this guy is straight up just hustle like he's in the dunker spot but he's grabbing offensive rebound putting them up putting them up and then or even kicking it out just reset with a new player exactly you think about ronnie hollis jefferson doesn't have a great offensive game yet this guy's still managing to put up like 12 points a game and about 10 boards. Like, this guy is grabbing re- rebounds at a, at, a, at a high rate. Yeah. And then look at a guy like Chris Boucher. You know, he's he's pretty skinny. He's very but skinny. I mean, he, he makes, makes Kevin up, Durant look fat. He, I mean, he makes up with it with his length. Yeah. The, the, the Boucher is long. I do think there's a lot of... There's still some room for development for Boucher, obviously. Yeah, obviously. But, like, you look at how many... You're just looking at the game... You see how surprised people are just by when he contests shots, when he's around the basket blocking yeah. shots. People are not... They don't expect not, a guy yeah, like People that. don't expect him to be that huge. I mean, like, he blocked he LeBron. Yeah, exactly. Tw- multiple times. And, and then, like, like, Matt Thomas, pure shooter. Doesn't miss. Doesn't all. miss. If, you, if he's set, he's not missing. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, 99.8. Let's, let's not jinx that. I don't want anything to happen. We don't want another yeah. CJ Miles. Yeah. Great. Oh man, we don't we don't another CJ Miles. That's bad memories. Okay, oh, there's a lot of bad memories for Raptors fans. Like we can just bring up players, and it's just like yeah. But the, we always have to remind ourselves we these are the defending NBA champion, and we, I think we the champs. So and I think like, a lot of the credit has to of this bench unit's performance has to go to Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse and the he, rest and the rest of the coaching staff. He is. Legi- I think Nick Nurse is right now the leader for Coach of the Year. Right Definitely. Now. I think uh, the way he's gotten this bench unit to play at this level. 
what without his star players. I mean, like Lowry and Ibaka are two two fifths of his starting lineup already gone. The whole so, the whole organization in general, because you look at everyone last year, first NBA championship team to not have a role player. That's insane. No, I mean not a role player. Uh, a stupid a second superstar. No, no, no. What's called a uh, the. Uh, lottery pick. That's what I meant to say. Oh, not a role, yeah, not yeah. A role player. Lottery pick. My bad. First NBA championship team to not have a lottery player, and you're seeing it right now. All these guys are all from G League. Yeah, Every most here. of these guys are from G League. Chris Boucher, uh, Pascal Siakam. Uh, yeah, exactly. Pascal Norman Powell. Siakam, Norman Powell. Terrence Davis. Terrence Davis. Like these well, guys, I mean, I he was played in the, he played in the G League. Did he? Yeah, for a bit. He played in our G League for a bit. Then we brought him up. Oh, okay. So yeah. Uh, I only remember him in the summer league. That's what I don't remember him playing in the G League. Like, but yeah, like all these guys are all like, and yeah, none of these guys are even. Uh, then even deeper in our bench. I mean, Malcolm Miller is a guy we've had it on the come up for years now. Yeah. He's someone who can shoot. Like, yeah, he just needs more minutes. He I needs think. more minutes, but then again, like on a team that's so deep, it's like it's, how do you get minutes for that? I guy? think that I can say even when we had our bench mob, I feel like this Loki might be even. This one's better. Than, yeah, this, I feel this, like, this, and this because because of the fact that. All those guys were young, and you saw their inexperience in the playoffs, especially. These guys have the experience. These guys are mentally tough. Championship championship uh, experience. like yeah. that, that, that stuff. And I think you're seeing it a lot with Fred Van Vliet and uh, Siakam, how well they've been playing with that with that championship even, experience. Even in the Philly game. We remember last year, Fred Van Vliet, I think, made like one field goal he against was not good Philadelphia against in the in the whole series. He made like one or two field goals. Yeah, that's he it. was not good. That's it. He was terrible, man. And we saw it because he's a smaller player. Like, he couldn't turn the corner. He couldn't finish layups. He was getting blocked on shots. I mean, everything. also because, like, he also had some things going on with Fred. Yeah, but like, off, but, like, in general, bro, like, you, whatever you're, is happening on the court, you've got to play no matter what. No excuses, right? But he was terrible. We can all say that for yeah. sure. He was terrible, right? Yeah, he wasn't good. But, like, he couldn't, he couldn't do anything against Philadelphia's length. This year, against Philadelphia's length, he's finishing layups. He, how much do you have? Like, 20-something. He had a decent fin- He's total. turning the corner, finishing layups, gang uh, assists, shooting the ball well, everything. You saw you saw what that mentality of winning a championship and just calming down everything. We see we see it, it's that idea of when you get older, everything slows down for you. The game slows down for you. You're able to see the court better. You're able to do your thing better. You know, and we're seeing that right now with the Raps as a whole. I mean, the Raptors are 13 and 4, which is impressive in its own right without their star guy. I mean, and Van Vliet, 24 points, 8 assists against Philly. That's an impressive night out for, for, for a guy. And, like, efficient too. I mean, 60% from the field, about. Yo, he's, he, he legitimately should make the All Star team as of right now. He could. Like, it's, 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 in, the, it's in the realm of possibility. Like, as especially because right Lowry missed some time. Exactly. So I would have put Lowry as my All Star, mm-hmm. right? But I think with the time that he missed, I don't think he's going to make the All Star team. But as probably of right later now, this month or in January, we'll probably do our All Star pick. Yeah. But as of right now, I would put Fred Van Lee there. Yeah. So let's move on. So the Raptors, obviously, are third, the third best bench that we feel in the NBA. The fourth best bench is the Miami Heat. And the Miami Heat have, again, just like uh, the Mavs, have quietly put together a solid uh, season so far. They're very good. Like, they are like a, really a scary team. You don't want I to think see us and them are, I think, the only undefeated teams at home. I think. I don't know. I know the Raptors are 8-0 right now at home. Yeah, right? but I think Miami, I think, is the only other team that's undefeated. I may be wrong about that, but I know Miami is undefeated at home uh, as of yesterday. Did they play yesterday? I don't know. But I, the point is, they're really good, man. 
their bench unit, uh, they're fifth and plus minus overall in the NBA at 2.4. Uh, they have they have Goran Dragic coming off the bench now because of uh, playing Justice Winslow in the starting lineup. Uh, then after that, you have one of the best rookies in Tyler Hero, Duncan Robertson, who is an amazing shooter. Like this guy can shoot. He's yeah. crazy. Kelly O'Lenick, shooter. Kelly O'Lenick, Chris Silva, uh, who's been pretty De- decent. Derek De- Jones Jr., another uh, energy guy who's athletic. And then know. another guy who hasn't even played yet is Deion Waiters. She's, now, yes, you can laugh at Deion, what Deion Waiters as a player all you want. But he's, he's a good player. He's still like when he's on as a solid player. The 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 thing is about Deion Waiters. I don't even know if he's gonna play for Miami. So they might trade him, and I think it may not. Uh, they I don't even know if he's gonna play for Miami. But the point is, we're looking at overall bench units. If he was to play for Miami and be a little bit in shape, then you're talking about another guy that can give you like 15 points off the bench right there. Yeah, I mean, like, and again, like the Miami Heat, like they are probably the only team bench unit who's top five and plus minus. Top five in points per game, top five in field goal percentage, and top five in three point percentage. That's insane. That is insane for a team of this uh, of this caliber. Like they're they're amazing, bro. They're they're they've been really good so far. As just the whole team in general, as we've talked about the Raptors, Miami's the same thing too. Like Jimmy Butler hasn't even needed to like be. Jimmy Offensively, Butler. Jimmy Butler, you know, or even like just he, does, he hasn't called anybody out because like these he guys doesn't play need hard. to, and exactly that's 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 why he went to Miami. It's the whole culture we're talking about Raptors culture. That's Miami culture for you. Yeah, you know, he, Pat Riley sets it at the top. He sets a a precedent of winning, and I think the Miami Heat like they're a team that I think any Eastern Conference team does not win the first round. Listen, bro, even even when Miami was not good, even you know like when they were the eight seed and stuff. I, I even we even said this so many times. That was a team we didn't want to even face in the playoffs, even yeah. when Miami wasn't even that good, because it's the whole dynamic of they play hard. They play hard, and they'll 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 make it tough for you to win. They'll do whatever they can to make yeah. it tough. And you know uh, you can't replace you can't replicate effort, and I think that's something that the Miami Heat they put the most amount of effort, and their bench unit is clearly elite. Uh, finally, the, I think the fifth best bench in the league, rounding out the top five, is the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, you can argue that the stats kind of point towards... You would argue well, plus they have minus... Well, the, they have the uh, third yeah. best plus minus. Plus minus would say that they're, 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 they have a do- decent bench, but then when you dive into the numbers, you kind of realize that the Lakers bench isn't well, even that. looking even looking at... Um, their on-court play. They now listen. They they still have the fifth best bench in the NBA for us. Yeah, like, like so they still, still have an amazing bench. Like no doubt about that. But comparing it to the other benches that we have above them, this is why we have the Lakers at the fifth spot because we just feel the other benches are that are above them are better than them. Yeah. Even though, like as I'm saying again. The Lakers do have the fifth best, bench and the Lakers us. bench. A lot of it has to do with personnel. I mean, they're, they're bringing up Rajon Rondo off the bench. We don't really know what we're gonna get every single night. Alex Caruso, he's there or not? KCP. Uh, well, he's been pretty. He's good been okay. So far. Uh, so I mean, far. after after Kuzma's that, who's coming off of injury? Uh, Dwight Howard. He's again. Like Dwight Howard just plays his role. Like you yeah. don't expect Dwight. A lot Quinn of Cook is one of the best catch and shoot players in the NBA. He's he's really developed himself into one of the best. And Troy Daniels also is a pure shooter. And then the goal, Jared Dudley. uh, Yeah, Jared Dudley. The goal. Yeah, but like the Lakers, they I think the biggest thing for them is that these guys, all these guys won't play in the playoffs, but they all have veteran leadership, veteran experience. All these guys are all winners at some point. 
you know, so these guys aren't the most amazing bench, but combine that with the guys that they have on the court in their starting lineup, this bench does get it done. Yeah. And they have they have the savviness, the veteran experience to to be able to win games. And, the, and to be honest with you, when you have LeBron and AD and you're starting five, you don't need a bench that scores a ton. And I think that's what you can see. The Lakers are only scoring about 34 points per game, which is about 21st in the league. But again, they're still shooting respectively at 45% as a team, as a bench unit. 13th in the league, and like for the Lakers, that's all they wanted. Like, you know, in they the just play- don't need to suck. Man. Yeah, in the playoffs, they need to rely upon LeBron and AD. And yeah, they, they don't need to suck. And the fact is that this is why they got all these veteran guys because you can you you have questions about younger guys will they show up? At least veteran guys, they might be terrible offensively, but you can never question whether they'll show up effort wise, whether they'll show up mentally in a game because they'll always be there now yes the shots might not fall or whatever for bench guys but the fact is you need what you need from bench players in the playoffs is mental fortitude and these guys all have you know so these guys are all like proven winners yeah uh so recapping the top five bench units in our opinion in the nba we got number one the clippers number two the mavs number three the toronto raptors number four the miami heat and obviously number five the los angeles lakers and i think a lot of these teams, because of how good their bench units are, it's the reason why you can see where they are in the standings. Like you can obviously, the Clippers and Lakers are, are top seeds in the West. Miami's and Toronto are literally neck and neck at third and fourth seeds in the East. So, I mean, bench units, having deep benches is what leads to winning in, in the modern day in NBA. And I think you're seeing it now. Like This is the reason why we're, why teams like the Warriors won championships. The, the Raptors won their championship. Even in the past, the Spurs... Had great depth. They won a championship. So, yeah. I mean, you need those. You need those in-game boosts that come off the bench. Yeah. Especially in the playoffs. Of course, like you, you need depth and and, and, and production, in the especially playoffs. in the playoffs when uh, you game plan for the stars. Those other role guys will get more chances. It's because they purposely do it because the, you purposely game plan for the stars because you want your other bench. You make wanna, the other guys beat you. Yeah, right? and if you have guys who are capable of beating the other team. You're set. Yeah, so, at least to winning. Yeah, so let us know what you guys think, if you guys agree or disagree with our bench units. So obviously, like we mentioned to begin this segment, was that we weren't basing this entirely on stats. This was stats and also our opinion. So let us know what you guys think, if you guys agree or disagree. Let us know on social media. Uh, moving on to the up and under segment this week. Uh, I would say decently event newsworthy. Uh, some of it. Like it's, it's obviously not the, the most newsworthy we've had. But um, yeah. So to start off our up and under segment, are you up or under on the whole Kyrie situation? And also, are you up or under on Danny Ainge blaming himself for last year? So let me give you some context first of all. So for Kyrie, um, obviously he didn't play against Boston yesterday because of injury. Now listen, I'm not gonna question if the guy's injured. Like Kendrick Perkins said, he's stuck him. I'm not going to go that far in question if the guy's injured, but he is, he has shown a pattern of doing this kind of thing. But then also, he didn't play yesterday, and he got booed a lot, as expected. And he went on an uh, Instagram rant, um, like, you guys can check that out if you want to. Um, he wrote a whole, like, he wrote, like, a whole essay, man. But he was, too, he was, he was like... pretty much talking about how, like, people don't get it, and this is just one part of life and stuff like that. I kind of understand, but at the same time, bro, that was supposed to be expected. And then Danny Ainge as well, um, in an interview with Rachel Nichols, he talked about how put the blame on him for last year. Okay, so I'm up on both. I'm up on Kyrie. I'm up on Danny Ainge, admitting that it's his fault. Let me touch on Kyrie. So Kyrie, so last season, you told the Boston faithful that you were going to resign. Then, 
you had a terrible year. You didn't bother to help the young guys. You were a locker room nightmare for your team. And your team underperformed. With all the talent you had, your team underperformed under your leadership. So do you not expect the Boston fans, who are some of the most rabid fans in the, in, in the NBA, like, as Toronto fans, like, we know that we hate Boston fans for a reason. Because, like, they, no shit's given. Like, they will literally boo the living shit out of you. And that's what they did. Did you really expect them not to? And at the end of the day, they are fans. You did this to yourself. And you cannot just come and try to... And listen, you can't blame them either. Like, bro, you you did this, first of all. And then you're talking about, oh, the NBA is only a little part of life. And I get that. Life is a whole lot bigger than money and stuff like that. But at the same time, here's the thing. Whenever players talk about this whole, oh, it's, it's bigger than that, it's bigger than that, life is a lot bigger than this... I get that, but you're earning your livelihood from the millions that you get. This from is who? your job. From fans, right? Fans exactly. give you all that money, right? And so they're going to boo you. I don't understand why you got They so pay money to boo you. Bro, listen. And for who listen. They the worst boos I ever seen in the NBA was on LeBron. Did LeBron say anything? No, LeBron kept going at it. He scored, what was it, 39 or something that game. Right, like you have to keep this. This is what you're paid to do. And you didn't I play. understand the whole thing about his. Uh, I think grandfather passing away last year, stuff like that. I get that. You know that does have uh, impact on your life. At the same time, though, you're paid to do your job. Yeah. You have to go out there and do your job. What What did we all say when Isaiah Thomas tragically lost his sister and then dropped? Was it fifty or whatever? We, we had, commended him on that. We like had we massive all respect for we him. had massive respect for him. I understand that that plays an impact on your life, but you have to respond to it, especially if it's your career. You're you're there to play. You're there. You're paid to. You're paid your millions to go out and do your job. So at the same time, you have to like you have to do it. Yeah, and so so I, I'm completely like like I'm like this is all Ky- this is about Kyrie's fault. And speaking of a blame, Danny Ainge is right to blame himself for his team underperforming. The reason being, now yes, you brought Kyrie Irving in. Okay, so that's number one. You didn't bother to make an in-season trade to help improve your team. You have all these draft picks, but you decided to hold on to them. He could have gotten Kawhi Leonard if he chose to make that move. But Danny See, Ainge, Anthony Davis. Or he could have gotten. He could have gotten Anthony Davis that's, last that's season. The thing. That's the. I think the Pelicans were willing to trade. Danny with the Ainge. We're not questioning that he's not a good uh, manager or whatever. But the one biggest blunder that he had was all those draft picks. He did nothing with. It. He overvalued all of those draft picks. Exactly. And now you're in a position where you still have all these picks. Now, yes, you have some nice young pieces, but you don't have a superstar anymore. I mean, Kemba is is great. But are you... are You, you can't like, win a championship with just Kemba not, Walker. We're not having this team as a championship. Like, you can't like, win a championship with just Kemba Walker as your number one guy. Like, we saw that with Charlotte. They couldn't even... They could barely make the playoffs. Now, okay, yes, now that wasn't Kemba. I, I can't blame that on No, Kemba. but Boston still has a better supporting cast around Kemba. But, but just Kemba You alone. have to have a superstar to yeah. win a championship. But we saw that firsthand with us. You know, DeMar was a great player, but Kawhi Leonard he's, put he's us a superstar. The you know, you you there's only five, six, seven of those guys in the NBA, and you need one of those guys to win a championship. Yeah, so I definitely think that Danny Ainge has a lot to be to be blamed for for what for the performance of his team. Now obviously things are looking better. Hopefully he'll do well, but Kyrie yeah. and Danny Ainge were a big part of last season Celtics. Next up, are you up or under on LeBron James? Um, he he apparently coached AD on what to expect in his New Orleans return. And AD did proceed to drop 41 and 
game-winning baskets, technically. I mean, you kind of brought it up. I mean, if there's any player in, 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 in the NBA history who knows what it's like to be booed and be the enemy, it's LeBron. Like, he, there's no question about it. And I think LeBron, he's being a good teammate. Like, you know, obviously telling him what to expect because AD is still a relatively young guy and these kind of situations... And he's never had this... Exactly. These kind of situations shook players. Like, yeah. they, they, shake, they shake players. And the fact that... It, AD didn't let the booze bother him and still put up a, a deep, like an amazing uh, performance. I think it's a testament to a the maturity of LeBron and how how much he's learned through those experiences, and like number and B is like how he's able to pass it along to his team. You know, so I, I I'm up on that one. Moving on, are you up or under? On LeBron James is now the fourth player in NBA history to reach thirty three thousand points. So the thirty three thousand points club now consists of Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Karl Malone, Kobe Bryant, and LeBron James. LeBron passed Michael Jordan. I mean, I'm up on it though, because LeBron James, like the the amazing thing about LeBron James' career is that we never think of him as a offensively amazing player, right? Yeah. We we think of Kobe. Buckets, you know, Karl Malone, pick and roll, buckets. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Skyhook, buckets. We don't think of LeBron as like a bucket getter, yeah. but the fact is, he's only the fourth player in NBA history to have thirty-three thousand points. Yeah, and this guy's consistently averaged around like twenty-five points a game every single season, even though he's not quote unquote a bucket getter. Yeah, but like that's that's the issue. And realistically, with- you can LeBron has an opportunity to make it to number two and pass Karl Malone. Like, because realistically, if he he's only six hundred points behind Kobe Bryant, and LeBron can if he plays for another four or five years, he can do it at a consistent level. He can, well, technically, it's definitely he can, possible. He can technically get to number one if if he tries. I don't know if he will. Yeah. But if if he, I think, really want to, he could probably get to number one if he really want to. Like, yeah. If he try. But yeah, like LeBron James, man, like nothing more. Than Amazing same, accomplishment, like, you know. Amazing like, accomplishment. I mean, like it was great when big when Kobe did it. So yeah, you know, like, like nothing more to say about this guy. You know, like top five player of all time. And when He's did my Kobe, number? When two, did Kobe so. do it at thirty seven? I don't know. Man. He did it at thirty seven years old. That's yeah, when he, when he did know. it. And like LeBron's doing it at age thirty five. So yeah, and LeBron is in the midst of an MVP. Calibre. He still He's had like, a good few more years left in him. So knock on wood, you know. So yeah. like, I mean, nothing more to say about the guy. Yeah. Just amazing. Yeah. Are you up or under on the Lakers complaining to the league about LeBron's lack of free throws? I mean, I'm up on it. Now, listen, fans will be like, all the LeBron James haters will be like, oh, uh, oh, he cries about free throws all the time, and he gets those superstar calls. I agree, he does get those superstar calls sometimes. That That is a fact. But LeBron does have the Shaq issue of he's so big that the refs can't, don't know how to call it on him. Even 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 if you're hating on LeBron for this issue, think about this one. Skip Bayless, the ultimate LeBron hater, has even admitted to this too. He's even said, I don't think LeBron gets the respect of the free throw calls that he deserves. Even Skip Bayless admitted that. You know, so like LeBron also has that issue of, you know, he's so big that guys just hack him, but then they bounce off him. But either way, that's still a foul. You know, that still affects your shot. So he still does have that issue. So I think... And especially this season, we've seen it. He he got to a free throw line like once or something last game. Like he's had, they haven't been calling for him, even though he's consistently one of the most drivers in the game. Yeah. So that is an issue. And I think the Lakers, I mean, they're kind of right to complain to the league about. Yeah. Um, next up, are you upper under on Joel Embiid scoring, you know, zero points on us, man? 
Big right. donut. We both had uh, the same points as uh, Superstar Joel and B. I was just about to get to that. Uh, I'm hella up. Uh, how are you Superstar Joel and B? Airplane mode. Airplane mode. You had Drake and Meek Mill fly out there to watch this game. And you still have the same, and they had the same point total of Joel Embiid. That's amazing. How do you have, like, every fan in that arena, you I'm all have the most have dominant this, player in the game. You had the most, you had as much points as Joel Embiid. Listen, bro, we're talking about, we're talking about last episode how Marcus Gasol just ruined Nikola, uh, Nikola Vucevic. Taken, bro, Joel Embiid has done since the beginning of Joel Embiid's career. He's done absolutely nothing to Marcus Gasol. Since Marcus Gasol has had multiple Memphis. children now. <laughs> Yo, take in. Literally, the only time we saw last season in the playoffs, only time Joel Embiid ever did anything was when Marcus Gasol was not guarding him. Yeah. That's the only time Joel Embiid ever did anything. Like Marcus Gasol literally owns Joel Embiid. And, and and honestly speaking, like as a player, as a superstar, you should not have a game with zero points. And listen, the fact you can go over over eleven, but you missed free throws. You missed a technical free throw. On like, on the subject of free throws, first of all. When Josh Richardson blew those three free throws, which he not he should have never had, first of all, but when he blew those three free throws, that's when I was like, yo, I think we got this game. But moving on, uh, Joel Embiid, the issue I saw with him, the main issue I saw with him, yeah, you can miss your shots. Everyone has bad games offensively. Sometimes people can't make a shot for their life. I'm like, you know, that is what it is. But the fact is you should never be disengaged with a ga- in, inside a game as a superstar. The big, The most... The worst thing I saw from Joel Embiid in that game was that after he missed those shots, he was completely disengaged. He looked like he didn't want to play in the game. He looked like he wanted to just check out the game. That can never happen as a superstar. No, and it literally cannot. And I think that's something that Embiid needs to work on. Now, obviously, it just might be like, like yes, he was, that happened to one of the best defensive teams in the league in the Raptors like against them. But... Either way, you can't... You, As a superstar, you can't be passive. You can't do that. Zero... Like, it doesn't matter if you have zero... You, 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 you don't hit a bucket. At least make a free throw. And get get fouled. Get to the free get throw line. Get to the line. Like, Man went to the free throw line like what? Two, four times? I don't know. And he bricked all of them. You, first of all, as a, as big of a guy as Joel Embiid is, there's no way you should be going to the free throw line like three times, man. You, you, should, <laughs> you should not be going to the free throw line like three times, bro. That should never happen. You're... Get down in the post. Stop shooting threes like crazy, bro. Stop. Joel Embiid was polishing up his airplane. He was polishing it up, and then he realized that he forgot to fill up gas because his gas was his points, and he scored zero. No takeoff, bro. No takeoff. Yeah, that's straight up. It's an airplane with no takeoff right there. But yeah, I mean, like, look. As much as I love to slander Joel Embiid, it's it's definitely fun. But you you just you can't have this. from Joel Embiid's perspective. You, you, you can't, can't have it. You can't do it, man. You can't and, do like it. he needs to fix. And I think that's the biggest thing. And as a bigger Embiid. issue, first of all. The issue with the... This also contributes with the fact of the whole issue with the whole fit about offensively with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. It's not working. It's not working, it's man. not working. I, my one final point. Why is Ben Simmons in the game in the clutch time? Seriously, I know this guy's a great passer. I get that. Why is he in the game in clutch time? Bro, that turnover was brutal. Like Man pulled a J.R. Smith. They had five seconds on the clock. He had a timeout. And he chucked up a half-court turnaround, bro. I, yo, even I was like, yo, what was going on? I started laughing, bro. Like, this guy pulled J.R. Smith. But seriously, why is this guy in the game? Brett Brown, Brett Brown needs to figure out like what he, he wants to do, man. Because like, the issue is, if, if, he, if, if, if Brett Brown can't get to the finals this year, I legitimately think he's going to be fired. I think Elton Brand will get rid of him. Finals. At least the conference finals. Let's no, get I there. think even the finals, I think Elton Brand will fire him. I mean, if they flame out the semifinals, I mean, they're done. Like, there's yeah. this... 
I, I mean, even I would even if I'm Elton Brand, I would explore Ben Simmons trade off. Trade I mean, we've been saying that, that for a couple. Like, like I, I like now. I'm I'm on board for that. CP3 looks nice right now. Uh, that contract doesn't go. I mean, Ben Simmons contract doesn't look nice either. Yeah, but Ben Simmons is like what ten years younger. Doesn't matter. You no, win. not even. He's you like, gotta win he's now. Like good, like thirteen years. You gotta win now. All right, moving on. Are you up or under on the Orlando Magic? Finally removing Timothy Mozgov's $16.7 million salary. I'm, I'm up on it, man. Like, it's gone. Yeah, this was, it's, it's gone. gone. It's gone from the NBA. So I think they did it under um, like career-ending injury list or whatever. They, they put it under that. But yeah, uh, Mitch Kupchak. Fat L for that, bro. Mitch Kupchak, the one who signed Timothy Mozgov to that $72 million deal or whatever it was. Luol Deng and uh, Timothy Mozgov in the same offseason, bro. And they called that a That's success. That's tough. That's they called tough. that a success. That's like, tough. That is like, ah. Oh, well, at least, yeah, the Magic were able to remove that salary cap off. I mean, that's $16 million that they have freed up now. Hey, Timothy Mozgov, good job, bro. You, you, <laughs> you made your money. You, you made, made your money by not doing anything, bro. But I, I can't even, I, I have to respect that, bro. This Timothy does give Mozgov. the Magic a lot more of a wiggle room heading into the offseason. Especially because if they want to trade for a guy like DeMar DeRozan, it might be a little bit easier now to yeah. do so. They have a lot more flexibility. Uh, and finally, are you up or under on Jamal Murray, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Nikhil Alexander Walker, and RJ Barrett committing to play for Team Canada uh, next, this summer? Uh, I'm hella up on it. Uh, so I think Jamal Murray's the one who started off. Jamal yesterday. Murray, then Shea Gilgis Alexander, yeah, so then, then Nikhil Alexander Walker, and then finally Bro, RJ listen, Barrett. Man, our team is sick. Like we cannot be missing the Olympics this year. That that cannot happen. No. That cannot happen. We better win the Olympics yeah. and not even not only that. I wanna be at least able to make it far. We have the most NBA players besides the US. Like there's no reason why we should not be getting second place to the US. You know, we have the most talented team aside from the US. I mean literally if we have a Wiggins come in come in for this and Tristan Thompson and well, Tristan Thompson, I think I'm even a Kelly Olynyk can come in for this. I'm hoping Wiggins comes in. Kelly Olynyk and Tristan Thompson are usually regular, so I think they will come in, especially so, for the Olympics. I'm hoping that they, all these guys come in. Like even Wiggins, if Wiggins shows up, this I think maybe I think maybe he might do it this year. I hope he's, he does. he's been a different player this year. He looks different. He looks a lot better. He looks a lot better mentally. I'm hoping he does come this yeah. year. You know, like, no more Jay Triano for Andrew Wiggins either. We have an actual coach. We have Nick Nurse. We have Nick Nurse. So. And everyone loves Nick Nurse, so... Yeah, like, we don't... There's no more Jay Triano, so even if that whole beef existed with him and Andrew Wiggins, you know, no, Jay Triano's gone. So, Andrew Wiggins, come to the team, bro. We have we have Brandon Clark, all these guys, all gotta show up, man. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, you're gonna get Boucher there. You're gonna be Ken Birch. Like, there's a lot of talent on this Can- on this Canada team, and, like... As Canadians, we want to see our team do well. Like, like bro, we, we're tired of being garbage, man. Come on, like... We have the talent! Like, like, it's not even that we don't have the talent. We have the talent. They just don't want to play. Like... And, like, this year with an actual coach, I, as, a, as I said, an actual coach this time... Listen, Jay Chirano, uh he was... Uh, he was okay. He was okay. But Nick Nurse is a championship coach. And he can get the most out of all the players. So everyone, I think, has to show up this year. Like every, all of these guys should have to show up this yeah. year. Now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully they all do. But with that, guys, that concludes this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. 
Uh, definitely subscribe to the show wherever you can find it. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio. Basically, wherever you can find a podcast, you can find us with the Up and Under Podcast. Or you can even check out our website, upandunderpodcast.com. Check us out there. It's our central hub for, for our podcast episodes. Uh, with every episode, we do have a corresponding blog post that kind of gives you a written version of what we talk about in the episode. So if, you want, if you're interested in that, check that out. It's also a direct link to, to contact us. If you even want to contact us directly on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at up and under pod. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash up and under podcast. Definitely find us, find us there for all the latest updates whenever we post a video or our reaction to news as they occur. Uh, and yeah, as always, guys, we will see you guys all in the next episode. Take it easy.